Hello and welcome to a German and an Aussie reviewer movie. And in this episode, we'll be reviewing a movie that was picked by Gregor. And that movie was Dungeons and Dragons, No Honor Amongst Thieves. Is that what it was or was it Honor Amongst Thieves? Uh, it's actually called Honor Amongst Thieves, but don't worry, it's just a title, Jared. So uh, <laughs> can only go up from here now, I guess. Don't bother me with details. Don't bother me with details. Uh, we'll start with just your overall thoughts on this, Gregor, before we move on. I felt in a positive way back in my puberty, being full of pickles, wearing braces, even skinnier than now and smaller, and uh, sitting in my room for about uh, 14 hours a day and uh, playing role-playing games. For me, it was, <laughs> in, in a very positive way, a blast from the past. How about you, Geraldo? How did you feel back in your fantasy nerd times or was there ever such a, such a time for you? Unfortunately, I go back to when they had Face Invaders, is what they were playing in my day. I missed the whole Dungeons and Dragons that I have no idea how to game. I've got no concept what people are talking about when they talk about it. And I have to say, I thought this was the biggest load of rubbish. I found it a real struggle to get through it. But we'll talk about that a bit later. So I'll get Gregor to give just a brief synopsis. Oh, thank you for that. That's a fairly hard task, to be honest. Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Don't confuse it with the terrible 2000 Dungeons & Dragons movie. Um, it's a it's a movie that a fantasy movie that has been in theaters earlier this year is now available, for example, on Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Movies, Apple TV, and so on. Basically, about a group of mischiefs who uh, get together to steal like an artifact, and then it turns out they cause something very terrible to happen, and then they have to fix it and fight and an evil sorceress without spoiling too much but yeah it really is an old-fashioned uh, fantasy plot in a way it's a in itself closed movie it's not too long i find and it has a beginning a middle part and it actually has an end without an open ending so give it a try if you like fantasy stuff i would highly recommend you don't give it a try because i thought it was far far too long i've had it a real struggle to get through it I thought the CGI was terrible. I thought the acting was appalling. Chris Pine is wearing some ridiculous hairpiece that changes every single scene. There's no character arcs. And, like, I'm not expecting high art, but I'm expecting some sort of entertainment and just this whole mishmash of all sorts of different American acting styles and British acting styles and different accents all in a fantasy genre. The whole thing just drove me insane, and I really, really hated it. And I was thinking... Gregor can't get me to watch these sort of films because I hate them so much. So next one is on you and you can then uh, enter another Amazing Rebel Wilson Netflix movie or a Lindsay Lohan Christmas special. So we'll get some more quality on the table again. So <laughs> I am thinking of the latest Disney Elemental cartoon. So that's what's in on my mind at the moment. That's a good uh, idea. We've, we haven't talked about any animated stuff so far. So Yeah, yeah so... Because I'm not familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, I've never played it and I don't understand it. Maybe you, I think you have to have that grounding in how the games are played. Like to me, it was just like, what are they doing? And I really disliked how the plot was described to you. And someone would say, we must head due north. And then someone would say, because if we get there by sunset, we'll be able to get into the castle and then we'll be able to run around and get around the people. The dialogue isn't dialogue between characters. It's just maps the story and tells you where it goes it's a fair point yeah you it kind of feels like you have to be in on the joke 
like it feels like guys we are making a 150 million hollywood movie about a board game usually played by the biggest nerds i guess now it's more mainstream because nerd culture is new mainstream but in the past played by the biggest nerds and we are building up the movie like the game like you have a almost like a, a game master who tells you the story and how you need to use the items and what you need to do I agree, it doesn't really make up for a very classical storytelling or a sensical storytelling in, in any way. I, I don't know, I felt like I, I was in on the joke and it was so kind of self-referential. I just enjoyed it. I was like, for most of the movie, I was like sitting there, I was like, I can't believe they did that. And they put this into a yeah, 150 million blockbuster on the cinema, not even a streaming movie, not even TV show with a stupid open ending like... Uh, a house of the dragon where you have to wait two years until the next season comes out it's like a movie with a with a clear ending not even clear if there's going to be a second part it was quite successful from what i understand which is even crazier that's why i even considered it i did really enjoy seeing hugh grant on the screen again now, i was around in the 90s when he was a huge rom-com star when he broke out basically in four weddings and a funeral but it's also interesting to see him just act it everyone off the screen like he's such a good actor i thought there was some really poor acting particularly from the younger ones in this the young magician guy was just terrible i thought yeah but it was pretty bad it was pretty bad pretty bad and but i thought hugh could still bring something to a role that is basically a cgi mashup i just love the middle-aged hugh grant he's just in all these kind of supporting acts in these big movies having a blast probably gets the script like a day before, has kind of no idea what the movie is going to be in. I mean, it's all green screen and CGI anyway. And then he just uh, acts the hell out of it uh, and is having a good time. Have you seen his Colbert interview? It was actually, I think, during the shooting of this movie uh, where he kind of said, it's terrible now. After the shooting, the people are just on the phone. Excuse my English accent, it's not as great as my Australian. Back in the days, you know, people would be shagging, but now everyone's just on their phone and going home. <laughs> Still uses the word shagging. First of all, that's pretty amazing. I thought I was watching Austin Powers. Yeah, you gotta love that guy. For me, if I have one criticism is with Ukraine, it's that he wasn't in the movie enough. And now we're going to have a little bit of a spoiler when I put this comment in. And also that he was obviously the bad guy. Like, I thought, oh, who else can be the bad guy? It's only really him. I thought that yes. young girl, who I can't remember her name, that had the makeup on with the shaved head, I couldn't quite work that out. You could tell she was a bad guy, but I thought she was going to be redeemed, but she wasn't in the end. Yeah, I, I quite uh, quite liked her as this uh, evil sorceress. I mean, she, she doesn't have a lot of character traits, but I, I thought she has these big eyes and she manages to look menacing, also kind of attractive on the same time. So uh... Yeah, she's young and pretty and all that. There was some good humour in it. I got a laugh at the graveyard scene where they were allowed to ask five questions. Like, I did think that was funny. I enjoyed some parts of it. But I just thought so, if the tone of the whole film had been like that, it would have been funny. I just had these scenes of mayhem and then Chris Pine putting his wig on a different way and then some more scenes of, you know, mayhem and then Michelle Rodriguez flaring her nostrils and then fighting with someone. She does a lot of nostril flaring, Michelle. That I'm, is true. I'm, and and all, also the hairpiece from uh, Chris Pine, I didn't even notice. Now I feel like I have to rewatch some scenes. Here's a Chris Pine story that will appeal to anybody who's more mature in the audience. If you remember the primetime show Chips from the 90s, do you remember Chips? 
With the two California Highway Patrol guys? Yes. Yeah. Well, if you remember the police chief that they used to report to, that's Chris Pine's father. Well, I think I've never seen the show because actually it started in the 70s, but it's definitely familiar to me. I guess uh, not an Apple baby. Yeah, Robert Pine. I don't know if he's a full-on Nepo baby because that guy was never that famous, except for that role. But he certainly had connections within the industry. To me, Chris Pine's one of those people that, I don't know, he's kind of like Matt Damon now that Matt Damon's too old, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's sort of one of those. But, uh, but I like Chris Pine. He has, for me, he has a bit like Hugh Grant vibes. He just goes in there, has a good time. He's always kind of in on the joke but doesn't take himself too serious. He's not that Bradley Cooper, oh, talking about an interesting uh, cameo in the movie without spoiling too much. But uh, I feel like unlike Bradley Cooper or, um, of course, Leo DiCaprio or some of the bigger uh, actors, you feel like there's not a big aspiration to win an Oscar or something like that in the in the yeah. stuff he does. I feel like he's kind of happy with the, being the, the eye-winking leading man. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit... I just thought his, his acting style and everything about it was very American. And, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is an interesting character too because I can remember when she first came out in a movie called Girl Fight. This is like a long time ago. And she was really pegged to be the next big thing. And she sort of certainly does a few movies. and But I just remember her now from The Fast and the Furious, really. Like, that's yeah. what I, I think of her. I think of that. She just gets those strong, badass women roles and not much else now. Yeah. And I think she has a bit more range than those roles. And I think it's a yeah. little shame. I think she got a reputation for being difficult to work with oh, after really? her Fast and Furious success. I just know one anecdote that is... Have you ever watched Lost? Yes, I was. Have you noticed that she was in Lost? She came in like in the, I think in the second season when it really, when it really took off and they killed her off quite quickly. And apparently it was because she was a pain in the ass to work with or she didn't get along with the creators. Well, that would probably so, explain why her career is like a little bit up and down. Yeah, maybe. But I, I thought as well, it was refreshing to seeing her in something outside of this Fast and Furious movies, because I kind of almost feel a bit sorry for the people still stuck in these Fast and Furious movies. I mean, I'm sure they get compensated very well for their pain. But uh, except Vin Diesel, I don't think there's anyone still wanting to make this movie. So um, so how did you find, say, the fantasy references to the game? Were they like quite well lined up? Like I would never clue. But... So here's the thing. I'm, I mean, I was nerdy but to be honest I, I i don't want to sell myself nerdier than i was i never played uh, any dungeons and dragons sport game so i only know it from pop culture references as well like the very good community episode i, I can just say that i mean i do i do still actually play like games like the witcher for example so i definitely do have um a liking for these uh, fantasy role-playing kind of computer games and after watching the movie i felt like damn i gotta start the witcher again also in a negative way because the CGI is partially abhorrent and it just looks like a computer game, which I guess is not that bad because everyone knows it's like super fantasy and it is a game. But especially towards the final where they are in this um, arena, all this kind of stuff, you feel like, okay, the budget was really empty now and they just put in the worst CGI possible. I don't know what's going on with CGI because some of the newer movies tend to be worse with the CGI. I don't quite get it. Like, yeah. you would think that they'd have it really refined by now and the CGI would be 100% believable. Like, it just seems to be a bit all over the place. Even within, 
I mean, I know the CGI doesn't always happen at the same studio. Like they farm different bits of it out. Some of it might be done in Korea and some of it might be done somewhere else. And they put it all together, which I suppose accounts for the reason why some of it's a bit inconsistent. But still, you know, you'd think there'd be a standard and people go, oh, we can't have that monster. It's just not looking very good. And I feel this yeah. suffers a lot from it because sometimes you literally do feel they're all standing around in a room with a green screen. There's definitely a lot of moments yeah. like that. Yeah, I agree. But once again, I feel like because they feel so in on it and I feel like the actors have a good chemistry, even though, yes, for example, the the young male actor is definitely not on level with Chris Pine or, of course, not a Hugh Grant. You still feel like they had a good time while shooting the movie, you know, like and, oh, yeah, and that kind of casual feel to it. Yeah, it does. That kind of, I feel, translates a bit to the viewer. Look, I just have to say, I just found it really hard. I thought it was too long. I can see why people would like it. Like, if I was 15, I'd probably think it was amazing. But unfortunately... Or if, you're, if you were 35, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good. No, like... <laughs> I did notice Hugh Grant. Now, because I'm on my teeth thing at the moment, looking at everyone's teeth because I'm about to get mine done, Hugh Grant's had his teeth done. I did notice that. But they've definitely straightened them up and definitely whitened them because they used to be a bit snaggly back in the day. You should do a jingle for a teeth talk session with uh, Jared. It's like a regular thing now. I like I look at everyone's teeth now. I'm always looking at teeth. It's just become my thing. Yeah, but you're right. To be honest, now that definitely I noticed. I still have to look at the Chris Pine hairdo, but now looking at pictures, I think I know what you mean. His hair seems uh, a bit fuller than ridiculous. <laughs> see him at press screenings. Have a look. Like I could be wrong, but I think there's a bit of something going. I'm sure he's got hair, but I'm sure he doesn't have as much as he's got in the movie. No, but uh, look, all in all, um, it's it's funny that we disagree uh, so much recently, but I guess it brings some spice into the podcast. So how many Sternen would you give that one? I would give it three and a half of five Sterne. I would give it a half a Sterne out of five. I had to clean the lounge room while I was watching it just so I could finish it. You're just lagging fantasy. I didn't get into Lord of the Rings. I didn't get into Harry Potter. Mm. Fantasy is not my genre. I just get slightly bored by all these fantastical creatures that could do amazing things. You know, and someone's got the magic stone that can do anything. They're just convenient plot points. You don't even like the whole Harry Potter franchise? No, I just can't get into it. I saw the first one and the last one. Are you a Harry Potter fan? No. When I was in school, no, it was like, it just became cool. But then I was, I think, a little bit of these annoying anti-kids who were like, uh, now it's so mainstream, so I'm not gonna read it because everyone reads it. Kind of stupid in the end. I, I think I watched all movies and uh, it's, of course, overhyped, like everything in modern pop culture. But I understand why it's popular. Have you have you ever seen the 2000s Dungeons and Dragons movies? I thought it might be your thing because it has Marlon Wayans in it, who mm -hmm. was famous, for example, for white chicks. So it's, it's a quality <laughs> pick. And he plays the worst cliche character. You just have to watch the trailer and it's like so insulting to, to everyone involved. That whole pop culture movement completely passed me by. Like I was too old for it and I wasn't interested in it anyway. So unfortunately, this one's a dub for me. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see what you're gonna pick out for our next movie. So guys, be ready for some high-class drama <laughs> coming up. I'm thinking of picking some old YouTube movies or something. I'm thinking of doing something really left of center, but then you'll get angry because then no one will listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I was a bit pondering to the audience with this movie. It's a big, it's a big name. It's a big franchise for successful movie and you can easily just stream it anywhere. 
So unfortunately, we didn't agree on this one, but hopefully in our next movie review, we will find something that we do actually both enjoy and can sort of not rather than debate, we can talk about it. So thanks for tuning in and we'll look forward to you joining us next time. Good enough.